Hello and welcome. This is Diane Lake, your host, and I'm going to be sharing how you can understand and apply the prophetic through practical terms, practical ways, and practical means that make it relevant to everyday life so that you can prepare the way for the Lord's purposes to manifest in the earth. This is Preparing the Way, that Practical Prophetic. Hello guys. Welcome to today's episode, God Wants to Restore to You the Years the Locust Has Eaten. This is episode 15. Well, welcome back. I've been gone for a while. I've missed you guys. I hope you've missed the show. I've had a lot going on. Um, I was actually sick for a few weeks, lost my voice. I had kids home. My kids are in the military. It's very difficult to get our whole family together. It hadn't happened in a few years, and the Lord worked it out by some miracle, where we were able to, and we had a wedding. My youngest child got married during that time as well, so it was pretty fun and exciting. But it's also been very quiet. I haven't heard the Lord speak as much to me. And uh, for, for a prophet, for someone whose strongest gifting is the prophetic, it's not the easiest thing. Plus, if you recall from episode one, in which I shared my testimony, I kind of came out of this place where I just didn't think God spoke anymore. Like, maybe he just... Uh, got kind of tired out after he raised Jesus from the dead and wasn't doing anything, you know, and I just enjoy hearing from him and knowing that he's so part of my life that it's not the easiest thing when I'm not hearing him. But I did hear the Lord say during this time that he wanted me to take a break and that he slowed me down on purpose. So, you know, I have to respect that. I have told you how I won't manufacture anything to bring you. That means I'm not even going to go back into the archives and recycle something unless I have specifically heard the Lord say I am to do that. So remember to pray for me. That way I'll always have content unless it's something like this where there's a lot of other stuff going on. And although listeners and subscribers are very important to me, what's more important and most important for me is to be obedient. So sometimes I have to be patient. And I think the Lord knows if I'm hearing stuff, I'm going to want to bring it. And maybe that's not what he wants me to do right then. So in John 6, 63, there's a phrase that Jesus had spoken when some of his disciples were saying that the sayings were too hard and they were turning away. He said to them that the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So what that says to me is that when Jesus is moving, when the Holy Spirit is giving me or anyone else things to say, there's this life of the Spirit on it. There's this anointing, you might say. And I'm not going to bring you something that doesn't have that because I had too much of that over too many years. So I feel like the Lord wants me to encourage you today and he wants you to know not only does he want to restore to you the years the locust has eaten, but he's about to. All right, so that's pretty exciting. So in our title, we talked about that, that the Lord is going to restore the years the locust has eaten. So the context for this and the scripture verse we're going to be drawing from is Joel 2.25. And just abbreviated context for now, I'll get into more later, is that there's been a call to repentance and the land is going to be refreshed from all these locusts. So here's what Joel 2.25 says. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you, 26, says, You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied, and praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. 
Now, the greater context is that when this book was written, when this was prophesied, the southern kingdom of Judah had been struck with disaster without warning. There's been some kind of terrible judgment for sin at this time. Now, whether or not these are actual locusts cannot really be proven one way or the other, but they very well could have been. And in any case, the land was laid waste. So to get the fuller picture of what that verse 225 is actually saying, let's go back to Joel 1.4. Here's what was happening, what did happen. It's spoken here that says, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. And what the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. Did you follow all that? Basically what it's saying is there is nothing left, complete and utter destruction. Now sometimes in our lives we feel like that. Like there's just been so much destruction, so much devastation. Not actual locusts, but remember what it says in John 10.10, that it is the thief, the enemy, Satan, who comes to kill and to steal and to destroy in our lives. So remember, the enemy works in ways like we can't even understand. It might not look like even a person. Sometimes it's a circumstance, a way that we are born into a situation. But it can be people. So keep in mind that it's Jesus who brings us life. It's the enemy who kills and steals and destroys. And God wants to restore to you what was lost. And also, just a little tip, if you can separate... You know, sometimes we have people do gross injustices to us, but the enemy works through that person. So that help you that will help you forgive that person if you separate it and say, Oh, I see how the enemy worked through that person, okay? So I want to share some testimony today. This first, Joel two twenty five, was prophesied to be to me by my mentor Karen. Now I want to review a little bit of that testimony from episode number one, but you really need to go listen to it because I'm not going to repeat all that. But I didn't know what prophecy was. I'd never been around anything like this. But that night that Karen prayed with me and specifically my daughter, and I could tell that something so powerful had happened. I mean, my daughter was a changed individual from that moment on. Her whole countenance, everything was different. And so they, uh, there was a couple intercessors that had come with Karen, and they were getting up to leave, and Karen just started to prophesy. Now, remember, I didn't really know what that was. And I remember I was just sobbing. I think my husband had his arms around me because we had been through some hard, hard years, and I was just without hope. And Karen began to prophesy that verse to me and tell me that the Lord was going to restore all those years that had been taken away from me, all those uh, happy times and memories and things that should have happened, and those wasted years. Because what was on my heart, too, almost immediately, was that there were so many years when I didn't think that God cared about me. I didn't think He was alive. I didn't experience His presence, His power, none of that. And I began to almost immediately desire so badly to do things over and do it different. And so now I was in my early 40s, you know, maybe 43, and I couldn't get that time back. Now at the time when I was sobbing on my husband's shoulders, I think but we were both thinking, both he and I, I don't know how God could do that. How could he restore? So that was kind of the context of when I first heard that verse, okay? I just want to give you that background. It's important, I think, to see where we're going with this. 
So starting on that day, though, I did begin to see some restoration in our family. Remember, I told you that my daughter was dramatically different. This curse was broken that had been operating from her to me, hatred from daughters to mother. Um, but again, I was very bothered that I just didn't have much chance to get into ministry even earlier. I mean, you know, maybe you feel like that, like you've wasted a lot of years. And how are you ever going to get them back or that you just feel hopeless that you never will? Well, I want to fast forward from that time when Karen had prophesied that when I was 43, about five years, because I had an angelic encounter that re-stressed this verse that I just read for you, Joel 2.25. So what happened was, again, it was about five years later, and I had been particularly discouraged, thinking that too much time was going by. I was never going to see the Lord restore all these things that I was hoping He would do, and all the ways that he, I would uh, hope that he would use me. And so what happened was, at one point, like I say, I was particularly doubting that God could restore what he had said to me. And first of all, there was this encounter one night where I felt like the Lord woke me up and I was rebuked for my unbelief. And then I felt like he said he was going to give me a sign that he was with me. Well, I wasn't sure that I'd heard that right. I mean, I was still doubting, okay? <laughs> but what happened next still amazes me because several days later, I had to take my daughter, who was by now a junior, senior, something, to an appointment, and it happened to be my 48th birthday on that day. So after the appointment, we went to lunch at one of our favorite restaurants, and you have to order your food at this particular restaurant, and then you get a number for your table, you know, and you wait till it's ready. So shortly after we got our food, my daughter jumped up. She volunteered to go get, I don't know, salt and pepper, something that we'd forgotten. And since our table had a view of the whole restaurant, I was surprised when I saw a man that I hadn't noticed before approach our table. And he did something kind of strange. He pointed to the order number that was sitting on our table, which I had never noticed before, and it was 48. And he smiled slightly and he said to me, you're not 48, you're 28. And then he turned and left. I was like just stunned. I was like, my mind was racing. I'm like, how had this stranger known that this was my 48th birthday? Because I could tell somehow he did. So my daughter hurried over because she'd seen something happening and she asked what he said. So I told her, you know, and we both agreed that something prophetic had just happened, but I didn't know what. So later that day, the Lord explained the message to me. He revealed there was just this powerful Holy Spirit, and I could just know, I knew it in my spirit. He sent a prophetic blessing. He showed me that the 20 or so missed years and seemingly wasted years, when I had been ignorant of many spiritual truths, and I wasn't pressing into his plans for me, that they would be restored. He promised to condense and compress the blessing of my destiny into the remaining years I had left, and that nothing would be missed. I mean, it was a profound encounter. Now, the man was ordinary looking. He was almost on the scruffy side. I mean, he really fit into our community, you know, kind of the culture that we live in. But I'm convinced that he was an angel for several reasons. First of all, not only had he not been present earlier, I'm not sure where he came from, but my daughter's and my eyewitness accounts don't match. They still, to this day, do not match. She saw him approach the table from a different, even opposite direction that I did. 
and she said he disappeared, and I saw him exit out the door. So indeed, the Lord gave me a sign that the years would be restored to me. Now remember, this was still a long time ago because a lot of time has gone by since then. So I just want to point out that, you know, you might be listening to this and thinking that, oh, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too damaged, and I've come to the Lord too late to be used of Him. And maybe you have just a lot of broken relationships around you. could be your family. Maybe your finances have been destroyed. There's so many ways that the enemy works to destroy. And God, let me just encourage you, God does not need the best, the brightest. I don't know why it just makes me almost tear up. He doesn't need the obvious choice, okay? I'm not an obvious choice. I was a broken down 40-something-year-old person who knew nothing, and he can use me. And I want to explain how he can use you, okay? Because what he needs is people who have a great big yes in their hearts. Let me just remind you that David in the Old Testament is an example of someone that God chose. He appeared too young. He was not the obvious choice. Remember, Samuel passed over all the other brothers. He didn't think it would be David. And he wasn't even God's first choice for king. Remember, Saul was. He replaced Saul. So I'm not just making this up. There are biblical examples that God will use the least likely choice, right? I think he kind of gets a kick out of it, to be honest, because then he gets all the glory. And we all know that David wasn't perfect either, but what he did will have was a tender heart and a zeal to follow after and serve God. So lately the Lord has highlighted for me this passage in Matthew 22 that's about the wedding feast. You might be familiar with it. If not, go read it. Now remember that the king sent out his servants two times to call those who were, who were invited to the wedding, and they weren't willing to come. And in response, he sent more servants out. Basically, you know, he's like trying to get people to come. And the second time it says they even killed the servants, which I don't understand, but you know, it's a parable. So he sends more servants out basically to round up what I would call the good, the bad, and the ugly. I mean, they are just finding bodies to come to the wedding. And you know what qualified them? They said yes. They were willing. They came. They were not the likeliest guests. They were certainly not the most qualified. They weren't even invited in the original scheme of things. And they came when no one else seemed to want to. And God's like, I'm all about that. I'll go find the ones that look like no one could ever, ever find a use for them, much less God, right? That's pretty encouraging, I hope. Now remember, parables usually have one main theme, as I believe that this one does. You can't necessarily interpret every little minute detail. At least if you do, I think you're going to get off sometimes. So here's what I think. Jesus used it, this particular parable, to illustrate the importance of saying yes. That's what really matters in this parable. If you clear away the clutter of what's going on, what counted is that the people had to say yes. They wanted to come to the wedding. It's that simple. So aligning with God's plans for you is important because your will is the one thing that God cannot change. I once felt like I heard the Lord say that theology is not always as important as we think it is. 
it is important. We don't want to be off in the air. Don't take that out of context. But what he continued to say and how he finished that thought is that God can change your theology. He can work with that. But he can't make you say yes. Your will, your choice, that's something he will not mess with. Only you can say yes. Right? So that's pretty profound. Now I want to point out too, because God wants to restore to you the years that the locust has eaten. So first of all, we want to be saying yes. But I de- I've pointed out in other podcasts and I have many writings about these things. You've got to remember that there are four areas that you have to address if you're going to break free and begin to move forward. Because sometimes you can just get stuck in your own baggage. And maybe it's not even your baggage necessarily, but it's the baggage that other people have dropped on you because, you know, who knows, the circumstances or family or situation or whatever that you're born into even sometimes. And those four areas are deliverance, healing of the soul and spirit's hurts that you've encountered. Generational curses have to be broken, and you need to reformulate any mindsets that are ungodly, that do not agree with what God says about you, other people, or the world around you. So I'm going to be sure to link uh, the podcast and the article that starts out um, reminding you of these four things. And I think it's titled, there, Come, there Stands Before You an Open Door. Yes, that's right. So if you go to cpnshows.com, you'll always find our expanded versions of notes. And that gives you the, any articles that are related, any podcasts that are related. So check that out if you want to look at that. Or just go back in our podcast. Find that particular title I have some on deliverance. Each one of those is broken down into its own subject material, too, so you can go over that. So why am I bringing this up now? Because the Lord showed me that right now, 17 years after my mentor Karen prophesied to this, this to me, Joel 2.25, I am seeing the full circle fulfillment of what was prophesied to me. And as a little aside, I had asked the Lord for an encouraging dream before I went to bed last night. And do you know what happened? I had a dream with my mentor Karen in it. And basically what the dream was was that we just hugged. We hugged forever. It was the longest hug. I was so encouraged. And that confirmed to me, too, that the details of what I'm bringing you, it's a fresh word. You may have heard this a thousand times. You may have never heard it. That doesn't mean it's not a fresh, life-giving, anointing word of the Spirit. If God gives it and says it and breathes on it, it's true for you today, okay? I pray that you can accept that. Okay, so back to where I was saying that we'd had a wedding, we'd had some kids come home. Originally, it was going to be hopefully two kids could get together at the same time. The third and his wife were not going to be able to make it because of work. I mean, their schedules are complicated. But then my youngest decided to get married, and the oldest, I mean, God just cleared his work schedule by a miracle. They all came. Now, I'm going to give you a little inside information. If you want to see a few wedding pics, because I'm going to bring one up in particular, then go to Diane Lake on Facebook. It's my personal, like, public figure page. It's um, the, ha- or the hashtag or the the handle is Diane MT, like Montana Lake. And I always post a few important pictures like that that have to do with family. So the reason I'm mentioning that is there's this one particular picture where we're all sitting on these steps down to the dock because this wedding was at a lake on a dock. And honestly, 
I saw that picture in a dreamlike situation not too long ago at night, and it was like it was titled, Yes, I Could Die a Happy Mama. <laughs> Do you see? Uh, if I died the moment after that picture was taken, it was like there was this fulfillment of restored relationships, not just between me and my daughter, but one of my other children really struggled in his high school years, and there was some things that happened that needed healing in him and in our relationships, and the, I saw the Lord just work mightily recently. And then some of our kids, you know, for different reasons, had uh, some strain here and there from things that happened. I mean, we're not a perfect family. Can you show me a family that's perfect? Parents that are perfect? Kids that are perfect? It, it just doesn't exist. And I saw so much happen in even those three days that we were together where everything just kind of crystallized. And I'm like, yes, it's Joel 2.25. It's been restored to me. Now, I still want to see some more things. Yes, I do. In God, I'm always greedy. I'm sorry, I just am. I just know he's a God that doesn't have a limit on the resources that he's got available. You know what I mean? And I'm going to keep pressing in for some healings that I haven't seen and some finances and things that I haven't seen restored, etc., etc. And I know that there are people listening that have lost out on a lot. Maybe it's years of life and destiny. Maybe it's just that you feel like your family has been stolen from you, that relationships will never have a chance to be healed. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's all of those things. I know that the Lord wants to restore to you the years that the locust has eaten and he has shown me there's a fresh life on that word now each one of us is at a different place in our spiritual journey so don't get discouraged number one you have to say yes to him that you're willing to do whatever it is that he wants and just keep putting one foot in front of the other because now look this is 17 years later after this was first prophesied to me remember that so certainly hasn't ended overnight or come around full circle overnight so here's what, remember that verse started out in Joel 1-4 saying, What the chewing locust left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust left, the crawling locust has eaten. What the crawling locust left, the consuming locust has eaten. Utter devastation. If you can follow that thread, there is nothing left. So if that's how you are feeling when you're listening to this today, let me pray for you, okay? Lord, thank you for gathering this group of believers over the uh, airwaves, Father, over the ways that we work and use the Internet. Thank you that just the right people are going to listen to this. If not today, then they'll pick it up, the message later. Lord, I know that each person listening who receives this word has a fresh word from you that says from you, from heaven to them, that you want to restore to them the years that the locusts have eaten, Father, even though it seems so hopeless. I pray right now you would give them a sign of encouragement. There would be something, Lord. Sometimes we need a sign, a dream, something, maybe even just a gesture from a family member or someone that that they see in their sphere that could encourage them in some way that they would know it's you. I ask for a specific sign for each one listening. Now let them, Father, learn to, to, to love you in a way that 
their heart is always saying yes, their feet are always moving forward, following whatever. Uh, Lord, let them always be the ones who are coming. Let us not be the ones that are called and not chosen because we haven't said yes. Father, I bless the listeners and I prophesy that you will not be the same if you receive this word because the Lord is going to touch down and change your life and you are going to begin to see great things restored. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right. Thanks for listening. I can't wait to bring the next message. I know it's going to be good. God's on a roll. He's not going to stop now. So come back next week. I would assume I'll have another podcast, but you know what? Pray for me so that you know I will have one. Okay. Thanks again. Love you. Bless you. Thank you for listening to Preparing the Way, the Practical Prophetic. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe rate and review the show on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your positive review helps the show reach more people with our message. And please visit our website at www.starfireministries.org, where you can donate, read our latest articles, and keep up to date with us on all of our social media sites. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.